Hello and welcome back to Lisa Express Podcast. My name is Elizabeth Akoyini and I am your sexual healer. We've been on a series titled Need Meeting Addiction and today we're finally going to talk about addictions. All right, the first week we spoke about how you have needs and we ran through the Abraham Maslow's um, theory of human motivation. We spoke about the five love languages by Gary. We spoke about the six human needs. And then we went to met and starve needs. And I began to talk about how needs that are starved, the needs we are deprived of, begin to manifest as adults in our attachment styles, right? Today, I'm going to talk about how addictions jump in to rescue us. Understand that your brain is going to keep you alive. Your brain is going to keep you alive. What that means is if a lion is chasing you and you hit your leg against the stone. See, in the scale of things, the worst thing that can happen when you hit your leg against a stone is that you're going to lose a nail. You're going to lose the toe or lose two. Yeah, that's the worst that can happen. But you see that lion? <laughs> that lion, if it touches you, there'll be no you left. So what your brain is going to do is it's going to max the pain because it has to keep you alive. So it will pick the bigger problem and confront the bigger problem that has the capacity to take you out, that has the capacity to kill you. And that's why when you're meeting your needs, you find you are more driven to meet your physiological needs, the need to stay alive, like the things that keep you alive, like oxygen, like food and water and rest and want. You prioritize those things, not because you're a very educated person, but because your brain knows that if we don't get these things, we are going to die. If I hold your nose, you're going to open your mouth. Is reflex because your brain knows that if we don't get oxygen into the system in the next few minutes, this lady is gone. And so it will prioritize that over the, you're ruining my makeup. If your makeup is on fleek, yes, you're going to belong when you enter into the room. Everybody goes like, oh my God, your makeup is dope, blah, blah, blah. But guy, if someone just tries to kill you in the bedroom, when you come outside, you won't care that your hair is deserved. You won't care that you're looking anyhow. All you care about is that you're alive. Why? Your brain has chosen what problem to focus on. Is your makeup being messy and your hair being messy a problem? Yes, it is. But in the scale of things, beside death, it's not. It's not for your brain. Right. And so how does your brain do, how does your brain make all of this happen? It happens by passing information. Your brain has what is called neurotransmitters that pass information. And the way it does this is through chemicals released, right? It passes this through your neurons and then you're able to receive this information. We had done a teaching on hormones in, um, what month was that? Uh, Yes, that should be October, where we spoke about dopamine and endorphins. We spoke about serotonin. We spoke about all your key hormones. So go back and listen to that episode if you haven't, because I'm building today's on it. If you are someone who has lacked in significance, say, for example, you grew up with people who didn't really care about you, not because they didn't care, but they were too busy. So even when you worked really hard at school to get their attention, they didn't even notice you came first. Or when they noticed, they're like, oh, well done. And that's all they said. There was no high five. There was no cheering you on. There was no big day out. There was no celebrating it. There was no marking the milestone. It literally felt like they discredited your success. They really did not care about your success. Your success did not count. They neglected you. Now you're asking yourself, is it that the success was not big enough to get the attention? And so now as an adult, you are not sure 
success will give you significance anymore. So you are caught between two options. Should I become more successful in order to be more significant? Or do I have to flip the pendulum and just look for significance anywhere? So you have people who work extra, 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 extra hard. Even after they've succeeded, they don't even realize they've succeeded because where they are coming from, they didn't use to mark milestones. Birthdays between age 5 to 7 was not a big deal let alone crossing into 16 or crossing into 18 adulthood. Nobody really marked milestones for them. And so now as adults, they don't know how to mark milestones. And you might be the one listening to me. You don't know how to mark milestones. So even when you succeed, it's not success. You don't know it's success. You're just going. You're just, you're just breaking everything on the way. The problem with that is that you have a strong need to be acknowledged, to connect with people because you didn't used to connect with your people because you were trying to earn value in their eye, be significant in their eye. And so now you're lacking in connection and you're lacking in significance. One of the habits you could easily pick up could be overworking. Now you work so hard because you want to be the most significant staff that ever lived. You don't just want to be the staff of the month. You want to be the staff of the year. You don't just want to be the staff of the year. You want to be the undefeated staff of the year for the last five years. You don't just want to be the undefeated staff of the year for the last five years. You want to be the staff of the year that the chief executive officer knows and invites to your house personally. You want to be the staff of the year that everybody loves and adores. Or you want to be the staff of the year that everybody fears. Can you see that in chasing significance, you become power drunk? People look at you and they say, oh, this person is power drunk. But the person might, the person is not necessarily chasing the power. The person is chasing an unmet need. And so even though the person is not acknowledging the need, the need is playing in the background. And so this person lives on a dopamine high. They need to set a new goal and they need to hit the new goal. For some of us, it manifests as the desire for growth. We claim what we're looking for is growth in terms of, oh, I can't stay the way I was. I have to constantly improve. But growing might be the way you feel significant. See the reason why I said all the needs overlap. They interconnect at different points. Being the most grown person, in quote, the most evolved person in the room can actually be how you feel significant. So you're constantly reading, constantly taking courses, constantly improving, not just because you need the knowledge, but because you need how the knowledge makes you feel when you come into the room. You need how the knowledge makes other people look at you like, oh my God, she has seven PhDs and 200 masters and this degree and 400 certifications and she's only 30 years old. You need people to look at you with a sense of awe because you were not raised to have a sense of awe for yourself. You don't have reverence for yourself. So you need other people to revere you. You need other people to put you in a position of significance amidst the need that you lack. And so now you are addicted to performance. You're addicted to performing. I didn't want to just do drugs and alcohol and sex today. No, 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 no. Because when we talk about addictions, it's very easy for us to spot a person who is addicted to drugs, to spot a person who is addicted to drinking. It's not easy to spot someone who is addicted to sex, except you are in their intimate space. But then I was reading a book recently written by Bologi Stephen. 
titled Validation Junkie and she was writing for people within the Christian community. But I could not help her choice of words. Validation junkie. Some people are literally validation junkies. Like they are always looking for someone to validate them because they come from an environment where nobody validated them. And so now they are easily codependent. They are addicted to being in relationships. They are addicted to compliments. If you don't give them compliments, you're going to fight. If you're dating someone like them, you can't leave them alone. The moment you act like, oh, you want to travel, you're already feeling like, is he going to cheat on me? Is she going to cheat on me? Are they changing their mind? Oh, they don't like me anymore. Is that not pretty? Is that this? Is that not that? That's an unmet need. And now you are addicted to validation. You are addicted to being in relationships. You can't be by yourself. You have no life without other people in it. The problem with that, and not healing from that and getting into therapy for that, is that you also stress out the people who love you. The people who love you cannot really connect with you. They are connecting with your trauma. Because it's not you who likes them. It's your trauma that needs them. Your trauma needs them. Your hurt needs them. You need them to feel like you're better. And so you drain them out. You suck life out of them. And because you are so dependent, you don't have a life on your own. You need them to entertain you. You need them to inspire you. You need them to work with you. You need them to make you feel significant. You need them to push you to grow. You constantly need them and they burn out. And because being with you burns them out, they leave you alone. Because they need to have a life of their own. And so you're wondering, why is it that they say they like me? But they can't stay with me. They can't seem to stay with you because you suck life out of them. But the reason you suck life out of them is that you are addicted to the attention. The reason you are addicted to the attention is that you have an attention deficit. You didn't have enough attention. You didn't have enough validation. I'm sure this is an eye-opening thing for some of us right now. Because our goal at Lizard Express Consult is to help you recover from trauma, build stable relationships, and experience sexual pleasure. But if your trauma is still affecting you and it's messing up your relationships, then you're definitely not having a stable relationship with yourself or with your partner or your kids or even your friends. And if you're not having a stable relationship with your partner, the sex is going to go into the dustbin because the sex is an overflow of what's happening in the relationship. Yes, you might have good sex in quotes, but it's not connected sex. And that doesn't really serve you. That doesn't really serve you because if all you do is just have sex for a long period of time with different people, over a period of time, you start asking yourself questions as well. Is it that I cannot be stayed with? Is it that I'm not good enough? And this is where sex addiction comes in. People trying to get sex to give to them things relationship is supposed to provide. Last time I had spoken about oxytocin and how oxytocin is a bonding hormone. Oxytocin is how you connect with people. It's the hormone that gets released when you experience trust, when you experience comfort, when you experience peace with people, right? And you get huge doses of it when you have sex. Because you don't have relationships in your life where you experience trust, that is giving you daily doses of oxytocin. Say your mom called you in the morning and you guys spoke and you laughed and you know your mom loves you and then you have a bit of oxytocin dose. Then you spoke to your sibling or you called your friend and you guys laughed and you teased each other and you messed up and your friend corrected you about something silly you had done and told you how it was going to affect your life and how they were not going to sit back and watch you misbehave. And you know that, oh, someone really likes me. Even though I did something stupid, they still care about me. And so you have oxytocin release because many times we think when people love us, it has to be all rosy. No, it's not. Sometimes love is conflict, right? And so you have oxytocin doses because you don't have those smaller events that should give you basic and little doses of oxytocin. The only time you get the feeling of connection, the feeling of excitement and love is when you're just done having sex. So you're having sex multiple times 
because you lack real life connection. Sometimes people say, oh, I'm addicted to masturbation. And I'm like, okay, tell me how it started. And then for some people, I have found out that the reason they masturbate is so that they can sleep well. Because over a long period of time, these people could not get the physiological need of sleep met. And part of the reason they couldn't was that they didn't have safety. Maybe they were in an environment that was easily agitating. Maybe their parents were easily people who were easily aggressive. Their caregivers or their neighbors were domestically abusive people. The neighborhood they lived in was not really safe. The people in their environment didn't really listen to them and they were easily dismissive. So they didn't feel emotionally safe and connected. Over a long period of time, they lived anxious. And sex helps you rest. Sex does help you rest. All of that calmness and excitement... Your muscles worked out, everything, getting released, serotonin is at work. You rest better after sex. And so people turn to masturbation and turn to pornography for the sexual high just so that these hormones can be released. They can get the high and they sleep. They don't even know what the high is. They don't know the need. They don't know how the process works, but they just find that they are doing it. And so the masturbation is actually meeting the need for sleep, for rest, for calmness. For connectedness, a certainty is like, I know that if I masturbate, I will sleep. So here we go. People do it. So the addiction didn't necessarily start as something negative. It started as something I was trying to meet, a need. So ask yourself, what am I addicted to? What can't I live without right now? Is it power? Is it money? Some people were so addicted to making money. Some people are so addicted to Money in a way that they can't even receive financial help. And it's not necessarily the money. It's what the money signifies. Maybe they had grown up in an environment where their parents could not meet basic physiological needs like food and water and warmth. And they didn't like that their house was not as good looking as their mate. Or they couldn't meet their, they couldn't pay their bills in school. Or they had to drop out of school at a certain point. Or they watch other people mock their parents. Their parents were disrespected and disregarded because of finances. And now they sworn to themselves that they will never be poor, which is not a bad thing. But if that's the only reason why you make money, you're going to be obsessed. You're going to be obsessed with it. Because a point comes when you have to want money beyond wanting to prove a point to people. You're going to have to need money for your vision. You're going to have to need money to make sure your kids don't lack the way you lacked. You're going to have to make sure that you have money for emergencies. Not because you want to tell somebody that I am not as broke as I used to be. If they diagnose someone in your life sick right now, you want to have an insurance so that you don't have to call and beg the world, right? It's not so that you can tell anybody that I have insurance. No, you don't have an insurance so you can brag. You have an insurance so that in case there's ever an emergency, you can use it. It's not something you do so that you can brag. Because if you lie just to brag and say, oh, I have an insurance when you don't have an insurance, if something actually happens to you, people will know you lied. But that's the least of the problem. You're going to be in real-time problem. The real-time problem is that you're not going to be able to meet the need. So you don't insure your car and your friends are talking about money and insurance. Like, oh, I have insurance. Oh, great. If something does happen to your car, however, your friends will know you lied. But that's the least of your problem. The bigger problem will be that you can't get a car in the next one hour or the next one week or the next one month because you didn't have the real insurance. So ask yourself, what needs have I left unmet? And how am I fulfilling them? How am I meeting those needs unconsciously? What addictions are in my life? 
Is he overworking? Is he hyper independency? Is he over delivering? Is it chasing money so much that I don't take care of myself? Is he walking my body to death? What is the excess behavior, the excessive habits in my life that is destroying or ruining something important to me? It might not be destroying your whole life, but it might be messing up your relationships. If you're working 80 hours a week, then you only have enough time left to sleep. You don't have time to connect with the people in your life. And if you don't connect to them long enough, they're going to feel like we're not important and they're going to move on and connect to other people. And you're going to come back home to empty homes. You're going to come back home to, to an empty house, to nobody to talk to. You're going to be home and your kids are going to be right in front of you when you're on their mobile phones. Your partner is going to be right beside you, but they're chatting on their phone because you've been disconnected for too long. I hope this episode has helped you. I know it has helped you. So what I'm going to ask you to do is be kind enough to share it with a friend. Be kind enough to share this episode with a friend. If you have a question, feel free to go to the website at www.lizaexpress.com. When we answer your question in a short podcast episode, we will put it on all our social media platforms so that you know that we've answered your question. We won't know when you ask a question. We won't have your email. We won't have your name because it's an anonymous form. There's no cookie on the form. Just go there and ask your questions at www.lizaexpress.com. And how do you know if we've answered your question? Follow us on social media, whether on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter. Yeah, just go there, search for Lisa Express Consult or better still, and Lisa Express C. Until next week when I see you, do stay healed and live in harmony.